before we discuss the penultimate episode of Star Trek Picard called Hide and Seek, we have some news that we would love to discuss. So as of this recording, we are exactly two days away from the premiere of Star Trek Strange New Worlds, and as every Trek fan who is chomping at the bit to see the show knows, lots of news items have been dropping over the last week or so, even some reviews of the show. But I think the biggest bit of news that we have seen is that they are finally bringing out a legacy character that we've only seen once on the animated series and has only been alluded to twice in the, in live action. Uh, I, I, of course, am speaking of Robert April, who is the first captain of the Enterprise before Pike, Pike's command, former CO, former commanding officer. Mm-hmm. Um, I find this to be a very exciting development because this is a this character has an almost mythical stance in some way because mythical position because he it's a name that's been thrown around it's he's they kind of flesh him out in all the non-canon literature but he's always sort of been he's is that other captain of the enterprise who just sort of exists but we don't really we still don't know anything about him i only know a little bit about him via what the books say and that's sort of the shows will either take it or leave it but um i want to get your hot take on this because i feel like i know what you're gonna say my Uh, hot take is actually a cool take okay so my hot take is i don't care really that much and i think it's fine yep um but it's another it's a case of I don't care what characters you use. Just do something good with them. You, you, you're taking the stance that you took when the show, when we first got that casting video of them you bringing in Uhura, Nurse Chapel, Dr. Mabenga, saying, not something you needed, but it's fine. It's interesting, right? So... Yeah, just do something good with them. As I said, there's no character that I could see. Oh my god, they're including that character, and I would get excited about it, except right. Paul or Archer. <laughs> yes. And even then, I still would say, but please don't screw it up. Yeah, I, I'm I'm very excited to see this because this is a character I've always wondered about. Um, he was mentioned, I believe, in the original series show Bible at one point, but um, and the books mentioned that he had some input in the design of the constitution class which of course is what the enterprise is and jonathan archer was there for the launch and then he died the following day he served on the enterprise for five years um and then pike was his first officer and then he turned command over to pike that's kind of what we know but that's not necessarily canon it's only canon if the live action if strange new worlds decides to make that canon so so then you're saying he worked under archer for a while no i'm not saying that i just i'm Why? Because, was he an admiral? well archer was an admiral but yeah. he didn't serve with archer because that would have been you know nobody worked under him if he was a, if he was still an admiral when he died i don't know Maybe he'd retire. I, I don't I don't know how specific the book whatever book that's mentioned in gets on that. Yeah. 
He, I think Archer may have been a retired admiral at that point. I'm not sure. I just know that he was present for the Enterprise's launch. So, um, I think it's cool. I mean, again, it's a character that I've always wondered about. Of course, he did appear in the animated series in the first episode, the counterclock incident, which, um, incidentally, the writer of that episode um, tweeted to the to the actor who's playing Robert April, telling him how happy he was. He was like, I. He's like, I created that. He's like, I created that character. I wrote this episode. So he's like, and I've always wanted to see him in live action. So he was very, very happy for, about that. Yeah. That's yeah. a nice contrast to the people that are yeah. upset. The race of the actor. Yeah. So we're a couple of days away from the show. What do you... Uh, and I have I know I've sort of... I don't know if you've been reading any reviews for it, but I've been sort of kind of reading, telling you what some of these reviews have been saying. I mean, how are you? Just are you excited? Are you just, or is it more back to like, just give me a good show and we're good? I'm cautiously optimistic, mm. <clears throat> and I am excited to see what they can do with the um, self-contained single story episodes. Yeah, <clears throat> and particularly since I've been watching a bit more of Voyager because that's really the hole in my Star Trek watching, and I've just been noticing. <clears throat> more and more of the things that are done on the self-contained episode shows. And I'm hoping we're going to see some of that. Right. I really love the in-media res just being dropped into the middle of the action because you don't have that much time and you want to tell a good story. So there's no screw the lead in. It's like the cold open, if it, as it were, before the credits, sometimes is just you, leaves you scratching your head. Right. When it's like, wait, is this a black and white sci-fi movie from the 1950s? Like, what is going on here? Why is this episode starting this way? And then it reveals itself later. So there's Rel little things like that that I hope we see. Yeah, like relativity. You know, they, they take you back to when Voyager was in was first being built. And Janeway comes aboard and you're like, oh, this is cool. What are we doing here? You know, but whatever. I'm sure there's a reason for it. Then you see Seven of Nine and you're like, oh, hmm. And then they just sort of cut to commercial and they don't. You know, so cut to the opening. So, yeah, I mean, I liked those intriguing openings. I, I, and so, yeah, I agree with you. I hope that we get stuff like that. You know, from, and I realized that, you know, before a show debuts and you get all the reviews and the press, you know, I know it's marketing fluff. You know, you try to get the positive reviews. All I can yeah. say, all I can say is this, right? And I'm not, I'm not totally like saying, well, it's going to be great because look at these reviews are saying. I'm just going to say this and then I'll, and then I'll move on to Picard. What they're saying about this show now, in all these pre and all these early reviews, is not what they were saying about Discovery or Picard. Particularly when one review says this is the best new Trek show in decades. Yeah, that's nice. That's um, nice. And honestly, I was I liked seeing the opening. Yep. I liked that a lot, and I liked. Even I got the my clips wish. I got my wish. He did the Anson mounted the opening. Oh right. Yep. <clears throat> yep. Yeah. And the the theme incorporated the original theme into it. Some notes from the original theme. You, you just theme. you just look at that the opening for it, right? And you think to yourself, and hopefully this will be echoed throughout the show. It's like you're just like this is all we needed. You know, this is all. That's all we need. Yeah. Yeah, don't why are, you, why are you even trying to get so fancy? Just do Star Trek. Right, right. So if it ain't broke, don't, don't fix it. Well, yeah, and you know I'll save it for when we uh, review Strange New Worlds next week. 
the pilot episode, but there was something in a review that I read that zeroed in on a moment in Picard that you and I did in the particularly in the first episode of the show and applied yes. it to Strange New World. So I'm I'm gonna yeah, I'll, I'll wait until um Well well we might as well say what it is. So we're talking about the Rios Yes uh, Captain Rios of the Stargazer. Uh, right. It's a very short scene, but just a scene that felt like Star Trek for the first time in a long time. And yeah, so now let's see does Will Strange New Worlds. Yeah, the the feel like Star Trek. The reviewer said, I forget what site it came from, but um had cut, had sort of focusing on that moment of them on the Stargazer and just seeing everybody at work encountering a weird anomaly in space. Mm-hmm. Even the Admiral coming to Picard saying, you know, no, they're looking Admiral for you. Admiral on the bridge. Right. And then they get, you know, thrown into this whole time travel thing. But they focused on the parts in the Stargazer and just in the review was just very honest and said, Why can't we just do this why can't we just have a, why can't we just have a normal star trek show like this yeah which is what you and i have been saying for like forever yeah and because you're we're like they can clearly do it but for some reason they just don't do it so I think the, there really seems to be there too like we're, we're past we're beyond that that's your dad. That's your. You're not like I said well, before. That's your granddad. Star Trek. From all accounts, like what that is, is what Strange New World is. So yeah, we can hope so. We can hope so. So and we'll find out. We will but find out this week in two days. We got to talk about the Picard. The penultimate. Again, one of my favorite words. I love that word. Penultimate. The penultimate episode of the season. Hide There's another word for the, for the one before the penultimate. I don't know what it is. If it's so, if, but if penultimate is the one is the week after that ultimate? No, no, the one the one before the penultimate. Oh, oh, oh! What do you call the last episode? The finale. Oh, but there's no like <laughs> ultimate, like no fancy Another word like that. It's just a finale. Okay. Anti penultimate is the one before. So oh. A N T E penultimate. Anti penultimate. That's before the penultimate. Yes. All right. I'll incorporate that when we get to the when we get to that point in Strange New Worlds. Well, let's check out after penultimate. This is just the kind of stuff you don't get on other Star Trek podcasts. Etymology. <laughs> right. I mean, I was wrong, but I mean. uh, yeah, this after. will get us. This will get us press invites to the, to the screenings. Believe me. <laughs> All right, you ready? I'm ready. Last. No. That's all? <laughs> you go from anti-penultimate oh, to... Ultimate, is it? It was it. Okay, so I was right. Ultimate means last, yeah. So, oh my God. There's pro-pre-anti-penultimate. That's the next to next to next to next to last. All right, so we are using... This is the pre-anti-penultimate. Okay. Next to next to last. Then anti-penultimate, penultimate, and ultimate. We're using... Okay. We are using that entire terminology when we get to Strange New Worlds to say what episode we're on. We're not going to say episode number. We're going to use that. We're going to use those words. I agree. I'm gonna yes. Put this in the chat. Yes. We have to use that. I, we have to seem fancier than we really are. So, hide and seek. Penultimate. Yes. Um, I guess. It doesn't feel like a penultimate episode. At a high level for me. I'm, 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 I'm ready to be done. 
Yeah, I mean that's fair. Yeah, I, I'm and and I. <laughs> I'm going to be fair here. I think Strange New Worlds has something, a little something to do with it. But honestly, I, I'm just, it, there's, it's just, it's not, I, I just found myself being, I just found myself bored with a lot of it. I, and I just wasn't, wasn't invested. Um, I have some significant frustrations, but, um, it's it's I think it's more about what this episode failed to do as it relates to the rest of the season. Um, you, I think, are much better with your copious notes and observations than I am. So um, I'm going to stop there and turn it over to you, and then we'll do our little... Uh, you know. So you're very smart to turn it over to me with my copious notes. Yes. Because I have a hot take... I have some um, what you could call astute analysis here. Yep. It's all very important, and mm -hmm. it's really going to sum it all up and make sense of it all. You ready? Here goes. That was like a sitcom build-up to a punchline. What can I say? I was raised on the, t the, t the television. That was like a. That was like a. That was like a taxi. Um, I don't know what, line, what you're talking about. Line build up. <laughs> a show I've been sort of been watching a little bit here and there the last couple of days. I don't know what you're talking about. No, I think, but you're right. Um, uh, yeah, I agree with I agree with all of that. I think. Was um, that a good Jimmy Kowski, by the way? Yeah, it wasn't bad. Okay. Um, no, but really, here's the thing. This episode made me sad and tired. So you mentioned being bored. I was that. I was bored. But more than that, I, I felt insulted. Yeah. No, I, I did too. And my feeling is that my intelligence got... was being insulted. Absolutely. They think that we're idiots. Uh, firstly, the show is becoming the thing that all haters have said that all Star Trek shows are not, which is just it's just a bunch of people shooting at each other. That's never been true, except for Discovery sometimes. But here we got the dumbest shooting pointless gunfighting episode so that was one mm -hmm. um secondly you have what seems like it's supposed to be the most important thing in the episode which are the flashback and picard yeah. dealing with his mom's death which maybe would make a good movie about someone dealing with the suicide of their mom Mm -hmm. But this is Picard. This is not a, an indie film about someone dealing, coming right. to grips with their mom's suicide. Now, that could work, but the thing is, we've if there's some secret thing happening with Q and Picard that involves these memories, that's great, but unfortunately, the only people that know about it are Q and Picard, because we, the viewers, have not been let in on this little thing. We, th this, is, this has been a major point of frustration for me as well, because... It's it's still we're nine episodes in, and it's still not clear to me what this is. And obviously, it's just being set up that the finale is just going to be the device that reveals all of these, all of this stuff, what this means, what the connections are, everything getting resolved. But I don't think that's fair. Okay, like I don't think we. I've gotten nowhere. I feel like I'm running in place. I feel like I 
I'm going through the motions, I'm watching everything, but I'm just... I think, it, again, it speaks to how I feel about the show being that it seems like it's written to be binged. If you watch all of this in succession, maybe it would play better. But you've chosen to release these episodes once a week, and the more you analyze these and, and, and look at them from every different angle, you begin to see cracks. You begin to see... Just... You fail to see how everything is just getting... Whatever, everything just feels very much up in the air. And totally, and there's clearly some connective tissue that, right. rather than leaving clues for us to figure out, is just being right. withheld from. And we'll, we'll probably find out next week. And right. it may be very clever, but it doesn't change the fact that I did not enjoy watching. No, and based on the, the episodes, a mystery box is not the withholding of information from the viewers. Okay, now. Discovery this season, I thought, did an okay job with that. The the species 10C and we they would discover something new, but then that they would a question would get sort of get answered and then but that would lead to another one. So it was mm. very much of like a I put it this way. Discovery took a little while to get there, but I wasn't I wasn't really sort of bored with that aspect of it. I think yes. maybe I was just like, I just want to get there, I just want to see. Yes. But they never, like, they always gave you a little bit. Right. And this strangely, show, this show did it at first. Those were the first three episodes, right? We right. got, it was sort of perfect. We got one of the mysteries uh, right. and then solved, and then the next week, and then that will lead you to the next thing. The first right. three episodes were cruising along like that, and then it just stalled out. Right. I mean, you and I were saying on Discovery, like, well, well, how how do they know this? I mean, that's a but that's a whole different thing. But we at least yeah. got a morsel of an answer that led us to, to another one, to another question, right? So, that, I mean, that was, I think that could use some tightening up, but nevertheless, like, I was never like, they're not telling me anything. They're just, we're just not being told anything. What the fuck, you know? Mm. Here, we're not being told anything. Like, the show just, just flat out refuses to kind of give us anything. And that's not compelling storytelling to me. That's just, no, you're dragging us along for this ride. Yes. Essentially, with, when it comes to Q, we've gotten three clues in, what, nine episodes? Yeah. So he his powers are failing him. Right. Um, um, you learn all the... Picard, you, you learn all the lessons except the most important one. Mm-hmm. And all uh, humans are stuck in the past. That's it. And the other thing... Too, they don't mean anything. But Q, yeah. Q is also not... He's not present. He's not yeah. like this overarching presence to this to, to this whole thing. Yes. You know, it, if it starts off at, with him, you know, telling Picard, I'm going to do this, you know, basically telling him what's going on, what he's going to be doing, and, you know, in, in a very Q way. But... You know, leaving him cryptic clues. That's what I should have said. You know, you have Q in the, up front giving him these cryptic clues, and then off we are. And off we are in this whole Q game, essentially. But Q is not. He's not an active participant in a lot of this. He's not. He's not back with Picard. He's not. Right. You know, returning. He's not returning and saying more, right? Like it's yeah, just him or giving him more clues, right? And here's the thing: 
this was a very conscious decision on their part. They didn't have to make him lose his powers, and I think it's because he lost his powers that he's not around taunting and giving more. So, for some reason, they wanted to do a Q season without Q. This was a very conscious choice on the yeah. writers' part. It's because, again, I said this a few episodes back. I, I actually, in concept, like the idea of doing a sort of tapestry-like season where it's a Q, a season of Q putting Picard through the ringer on something like he would in a regular episode. But it's yes. like a, it's like a, you know, it could be like a complex, complicated puzzle. And, mm. you know, obviously, depending on how this gets resolved next week, to me, having Q come back every once in a while, like he does in Tapestry or all the other ones, to be more annoying or to tease him or to yes. whatever, like oh, that's... you're playing pickle, mon ami. Yes. All that stuff. Yes, now, I mean... you can yeah. make it a little bit more serious, but still, like, if he wants him, well, he says it's not a lesson, it's a whatever, but none of it makes sense. Whatever it is, but... It's a lesson, but it's not it's a, a lesson. It's, it's a, a penance, trial. he's saying. It's a penance. Yeah, yeah, I just wish it would end. It's a penance, all right. <laughs> well, I, it's it's and see, and that's why I want it to end because you haven't. It's sort of like until you want to tell me something, I don't care what you have to say. You've not yeah, told me anything. Not, you're not entertaining me, right? On just the like a normal level of giving me an entertaining episode. You have presented all of these things in, to me, but. I'm not able, you still haven't given me, given me any clues. And I have no doubt that the writers are like, oh my God, the audience is going to go crazy with this. Look at all the stuff, Look at how much we're teasing them. And it's like, no, you're not teasing me. You're annoying me. You're really annoying me, writers. Yeah, very. Um, and, and it's, like I said, I, I think I'm standing by my case also that I would rather read the Wikipedia entries. Right summaries of the show then then watch it because i feel like that's all it is at the end that's kind of what it feels like you somebody i saw somebody comment about that on reddit they said that i just feel like reading the summary is just as effective as watching it because yeah, I'm not being entertained because you're not being entertained but whereas the first three episodes we were only into our seat we loved it i have to keep saying that because it's right they knew how right. to do it i, I think but you know the other thing too is this is where I'm kind of putting on my red letter media hat. You know, it's it's rarely throughout the years we've been doing the show do I sort of take on the attitude of this doesn't conform to Star Trek. This is not Star Trek. This is not like these Borg drones that are help. Like those those, those are not Borg drones. They're, they're they're not mercenaries. I forget what you said. They, that are like somewhat assimilated, I think, but they're still walking around with machine guns and and like oh, and like paramilitary. yeah, and they're go they're going yeah. through the last terrain with machine guns and and you know laser pointers, semi-automatic weapons. Hey, those laser pointers are green, so you know they're bored. <sighs> and and you know they've got a little bit of the implants, and then you got like Elnor, like you know, beating them up, and I'm just like, I'm like, what am I? And I'm just sitting there going, what am I watching? What what is what is happening right now? Yeah, I I thought I thought their explanation for that was fine. I I I, I don't. I'm I'm not. No, no I'm not. She didn't I, have I, enough of the metal. I think that's so, I, no. I think that's dumb. I, I'm sorry. I think it's stupid. That's fair. You yeah. can agree to disagree. Like those I mean, could pulling the metal out of car batteries. Those could have been because 
they're so afraid that she's going to start assimilating people. But, I mean... Okay. She somewhat assimilated people. But there's still no more of a threat than they were if they weren't assimilated, is what I'm saying. Like, there's nothing about them... Other they than they're under the control of the queen. Right. They didn't, you know... How come they weren't adapting to anything? Like, what, there's no, there was nothing remotely Borg about them. Just that they were doing what she wanted. So... Yeah, she, it would have been the same as if she had just hired those paramilitary people. To fight exactly. Them. Exactly. And then... And, and, you know, and I gotta say something else, too. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. This is getting more ranty than I wanted it to. But um, I don't like Brent Spiner at all. In this role. Oh my god, no. Yeah. No. I Not one bit. Yeah. Well, also, I mean, we, we, I don't think it's his fault. Right. I think it's the direction also seemed to have been like, okay, you're a loving father trying to save her daughter. Now you're a mustache-twirling villain that's trying to destroy everything. Right. So it, it's like, it's hard, not a lot of nuance there to play. Well, but I also don't know, so now that they have successfully neutralized the Borg and even the Queen by apparently having a, fi a t five minute conversation and then that's fine. Um, you know, Picard said what I assumed was what I theorized was going to happen. I said, I guess, so I guess it's just them getting in the La Serena and maybe shooting it down or something like that, the mission, and then that's it. But that's all neutralized. So it, it's not, how does soon now stop her? I mean, I'm assuming it's going to go back to them talking about his generous donation and that he's on the board, but I mean, I I don't really understand the threat now. I don't get how he can put a stop to this. No, I don't see either. I mean, even if he's on the board, you know, like I say, like, don't do the mission. It probably costs billions of dollars. and Right. That doesn't make any sense. Um, yeah. Yeah. And I think also have we it's pretty clear now that that Borg Queen we saw at the beginning is Jurati. Mm, probably. Yeah. So here's the interesting thing, right? If Jurati didn't have a mask covering Jurati's face when Jurati was the Borg Queen, wouldn't yeah. she have had a much better chance to get Picard to cooperate? You're saying if it was just revealed in the beginning that it was Jurati? Well, yes. For, for story purposes, it would have been not as good, but Right. For reality purposes, if she had Gerardi's face, Picard would be way more likely to listen and cooperate right. than if they have a terrifying blank right. face. So, yeah, again, when things happen for that are not sensible in the universe, they're only sensible because they make it more, quote-unquote, yeah. dramatic, serious, then that's, I feel like my, see, insult, insulting my intelligence. Well, and that's, that's, the, that's the crime that these shows commit. Right, that's the crime that Picard, that Discovery commits, and I hate to say now Picard commits. Right, it's not that they ignore the world, right? They ignore it when it gets in the way of their storytelling, because yeah. they ignore it for dramatic purposes. I mean, cool that you want to give the Borg Queen a new appearance. I'm, I have no problem with that. The problem I have with it is why you did it. Right, and now it's like, oh, now it's just a, oh well, let's, you know, there's no point in speculating. Yeah, yeah. I think because we've now we okay, so yeah, it's like hybrid Gerardi Borg. Right, and, and now they're gonna, it's gonna be nice. And but, you know, with all of the stuff that was going on, I mean, so you have, you know, they're being chased through 
the um you know Picard's uh vineyard um you also have this Rios story going on in parallel which I again am just not compelled by one bit um some are beginning to speculate that he may even stay behind which I don't you know I don't I don't I don't know Whatever. why that would ha- I don't know why that would be the case um it was just I am I was actually beginning to th- think that he was going to bring her with him to back to the future but like they did in the voyage home but yeah I'm definitely not going to speculate about anything yeah but I'm the that's not a, I'm not invested in that and I'm I'm far less invested in the Seven and Raffi stuff that's also going on because I think it speaks to um, how I'm feeling just about the characters in general over the season, and this includes Picard. They don't they don't seem to have. I think the reason why I'm not getting invested is because they don't have a character arc. None of, nobody has a character arc this season. Nobody started one place and is winding up someplace else. They're just kind of there in service of the story. But I don't feel like I've seen any kind of character development with, say, Seven of Nine or Raffi along the way. They're in the same place they were eight episodes ago. Mentally. I would say the only reason that I like that them and their scenes is because they actually seem to have some chemistry as actors. Yes, and that's that's so that's great. That's why I enjoy watching them and their interactions. But yeah, you're right. Now it seems like they're trying to make it this thing of like, oh, first they're awkward because they used to be in a relationship and they broke up and right. they're moving toward coming back together. But I haven't seen that. That's what it should have been. Right. But it hasn't. Now, they had a few moments. I guess they're doing that. They're just not doing it well. Right. I mean, you and I talked about uh, Elnor and how he doesn't really seem to have... He was sidelined very quickly. Now... Yes, because they seem to only understand Elnor has one character trait to these writers, and that is that he's a good fighter. Right, and... So they killed him only to bring him back to do the one thing that these writers know right. him for, which is there's a lot more to Elnor that could have been explored. Well, I see two things with him, right? Now, first off, I remember in last season, the episode Stardust City Rag, when they had to go down to the planet and try to fit in. You know, Elnor is just a fish out of water. That's how he was set up last season. Like, he's just somebody who can fight well. When he's in that element, he can. When he, he's in his element, when he can do all that. But everything else he can't do without that you know, funny, awkward, in that funny, awkward way. I would have loved to have seen him walking around the streets of L.A. in the year 2024 trying to figure out what all of this is, right? And just trying to figure, you know, and you had said, you know, they could do the Spock thing where you tie the headband around him or something like that. Yeah. But yeah. also... Instead, yeah. they seem to have gotten... They, they did all the fish-out-of-water jokes in one episode, and then it's like they never... Right. ...went back to it. Like... That was just really weird because that's not how but, things work. You don't just do all the humor at once and be like, okay, we're done with the humor. Now we're going to do the next thing. So why couldn't there have been a little humorous bits throughout? But I think also, you you know, you start the season off with Elnor in Starfleet. Uh, cadet, I think. Yeah, he's a cadet. 
Yeah. Now, then he gets thrown into this. They get thrown into this situation, right? Now. Can you kill him? But if, but hypothetically, if he if he lived, mm-hmm. and they and they used him throughout the season, and assuming when they get back, they re, they retain all that information. I mean, you know, maybe it would have been he starts off in Starfleet Academy. It's awkward. He doesn't really know how to fit in. Still retaining that sort of fish out of water awkwardness from last season. The events of this season, throughout the season, change him. So when he finally gets back to his time, he's far more. He exudes far more confidence and is able to, you know, be a better Starfleet officer over the because of what happened over the course of the last of the last ten episodes. Yeah, you know, I'm just yeah, I just no, made that up entirely, but like that's an arc. That's a that's a character arc. Yeah, there were. I. It's a sad thing because we've said this about many Discovery seasons as well. That yeah, they came up with a good concept that could have been a good season, and but just never. Never pulled it off. No. Because I think they said the Robin Shield to be a very, very good season. Right. And yet, here we are. So we're, um, yeah. It's, I mean, it's, it's, it's shocking. It's shocking yeah. to me. It is shocking. It is shocking. And so the, the other really, probably the, even worse than just the fact that they didn't know what to do with Elnor so they killed him and only bring him back to fight is that they the plan was to hide the the secret bit of information that the Borg queen needed in elnor as a hologram then tell the Borg queen that it was there and then have elnor try to kill everybody right when she said i didn't memorize it so you didn't even have to say anything at all yes yeah so you're trying to hide something, but you tell the person you're hiding it from where it is. Right. So you can taunt them and say, but you can't beat Elnor because he's such a good fighter. But this is not Elnor. This is a hologram version. So why would that? No no one. The only reason that would be done is so that we, the audience, can say, Elnor fights good. Women are root for Elnor fighting. Of course they can't get it. Which, But no character would really do that. So again, it insults our intelligence. It's right. for us to watch. Not it doesn't make any sense that the character would do. It. It's yeah. Um, yeah, but, but see, I don't want to depress this too much. But the, but this, this is what I'm saying though. This is the kind of thing that happens when you release this show on a we, on a weekly schedule. No, nah, even if I was binging this, I'd be insulted. But you wouldn't be analyzing it. I don't think you'd be as insulted because you wouldn't be analyzing it as much. That's true. Probably not as much. I wouldn't have yeah. time to sit on it. I would think like, oh, that's stupid. Why would they put it in the hologram and then tell her? But then I'd, I would see the finale and I'd be like, oh, look, it wrapped up. And then I'd go to sleep. As soon as we begin deconstructing episodes, it just becomes more problematic. And yeah. I think it, again, once you reach the finale, which is clearly set up to resolve all of this, I think that you have a greater chance of being disappointed by it all because it's been nine weeks of just being pulled along with not really any progress, not any answers. And so when, you ha- when you're dealing with a conclusion that may be disappointing, you've now hurt any chance, potentially hurt any chance of 
all the episodes that came before it. Nothing is like it doesn't feel to me like things are building onto each other. It's just a bunch of stuff that's happening that's all racing to the end to see how it all gets threaded together. But I don't all of these parallel stories taking place, there's still not really any explanation of what they have to do with each other. Yeah. And it's just very troubling. That's not, I'm not a writer. You teach writing. I just know what I enjoy. I just know what I watch that I, I just know what I, what compels me and teasing me endlessly for the last nine weeks without really telling me anything. I'm actually surprised I've not tuned out. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. And, and you talked a little bit about like things not being Star Trek and whatnot. Right. And, you know, that's not the best way to look at the show. But. No, it's just, I, I realize that. I think yeah. I mentioned this before, but when we see usually in the, the classic era of any other Star Trek, we, we know what's going on on both sides. Right. We right. see what the villain is up to. Sometimes if there's another ship, we'll have whole scenes on the other ship where we see the crew talking and talking about their plans. Right. It's not about keeping us in the dark. No. So I really, it's really not, not enjoyable, this keeping us in the dark. And, no. you know, this is not Lost. There's not some grand thing that we, is, you know, the whole show of Lost was about the mystery. Right. That's how the show this was set up. That. This is that's how the show was set up, and you know yeah. some can argue with me and say, "Well, this is this is what Star Trek in the 21st century is like," and I say, "No, not really, though. Like, this is not. It's not that, you know, it isn't that I have a problem. Well, it isn't fully that I have a problem with them doing season-long story arcs. I think the reason I have a problem with this because I, I, in my opinion, they've had far more failures in doing that than they have had successes." They don't have a good track record one, of telling. They had one success, and that's Picard right. season one. Right, but but even you know some can say, well, Deep Space Nine, and then but Deep Space Nine, it was a different time. It was a different. It was not as sort of you know in the weeds. It wasn't as detailed as it was now. Like Deep yeah. Space you know, Nine, it still, still had that X Files format where it's like you right. get a couple on the main story then you get a few one-offs and you right. get a couple on the main story. but but also or like you know you can look at this third season of enterprise the zindi story arc right now it was always happening but you also had more episodes and that was still kind of a new thing i mean telling a season-long story arc wasn't new it just wasn't something that was sort of in vogue at the time and so you as a star trek viewer are watching this grappling with the fact that this is sort of shaking up the template of a Star Trek episode. So you're kind of along for the ride. But even then, you're getting morsels of, of more things. You, the, you, you know, you're the mouse. You're getting a little bit of cheese every week, right? Maybe they'll skip a week. Maybe, you know, there were levels of progress. Like, this episode gives a lot of progress. This one, not so much. But you're still getting something, Right? The frustration comes in by how much they're withholding, right? Because then you're like, what did we do for the last 48, 48 minutes? Yeah. I think because 
you have far less episodes to deal with in a season now. You just have 10. And it's like time is valuable. Every episode is valuable. And when you don't make any progress, you're like, it just feels like you're wasting time. And then it makes you wonder, you could have done this in two episodes. Three episodes. What are we doing for the rest of it? So, it's... There's a lot of frustration from different from different places on my end with all of this. So, we'll Absolutely. just have to wait and see how this gets... How this goes next week. But as I said in the at the top of the show, I'm just... I'm... I'm like 98% checked out at this point and just yeah. wanted to I, I have come a to a conclusion. that I might enjoy the last episode, but it will not have been worth it to sit through. No. I, Six I, episodes that were frustrating right. for the one. Like, I look forward to enjoying an episode of it, but that's what I kind of expect. Well, and, and name, name me a show where a single episode has managed to save an entire season. No, not at all. You know, it's not just not possible. You know what? Actually, no, here's actually this is very interesting. So I've been watching, we've been catching up on the show Better Call Saul, which I really enjoy. This been off of Breaking Bad. Yes. Yeah. But here's the thing: with that show, when I start looking and seeing the number of episodes left dwindling, I feel start to feel sad. Like, oh no, I only have two more of these. Right. Instead of, oh, thank God, just get me to the last one, is the feeling with these shows. So, I mean, what a difference in a show that you, you're actually sad to see it end, that you're just dying to see it end, to get it over with, or finally you have probably, you, you probably felt that way about season one. Yeah, season one, yeah. Yeah. I mean... It's funny, yeah. I mean, season one certainly wasn't perfect, but now season one is looking uh, better and better. It wasn't, a, it wasn't a story arc, but I felt the same way about Lower Decks. Both seasons. I'm like, oh... Yeah, I really want to see some behind the scenes as to why uh, Michael Chabon left. Yeah, I would like to get the answer there because I find that's the biggest. Yeah. I think that's a big factor. And look, uh, when we finally arrive at Strange New Worlds, um, I'm very hopeful that we'll uh, that I'll feel the same way. But um, I'm just looking forward to having self-contained episodes. I, I need the episodic format back. Um, Me too. Me too. Because and I think... I, go ahead. I hope we get all of the little tricks of the trade, like I mentioned yeah. earlier. So those being dropped into the middle of the action, letting us kind of figure it out. Right. Um, respecting our intelligence and not have to have everything kind of... I mean, it's funny that we say, you know, they don't tell us anything on Picard. That's frustrating. But then sometimes on Discovery, I feel like they're telling us everything. Right. In a bad way. So it's like, yeah, just just tell us compelling stories and let us do some work to keep up. That's all. I think um, the last thing I'll say, so this is an NPR review for the first episode. For just the press, I think, has seen the first like half of Strange Who wrote it? NPR. Oh, does it have the author though? Oh, um, yes, I can tell you the author. Glenn Weldon. Oh, I love Glenn Weldon. Okay, okay good. So I, I started a thread on the Trek BBS that basically just highlighted some of my favorite quotes from all these different reviews. I trust and him. So I'm not going to read his full review, obviously. I'm just going to read the last thing he said in the review. And it said, 
Strange New Worlds, it simply wants to tell Trek stories the way they used to be told. One space battle, one diplomatic summit, one alien virus, one spatial anomaly, and one transporter accident at a time. Yeah. I mean... (laughs) And really, when you think about it, you're like, yeah, that's... what What strikes me about some of these reviews is they seem a little like taken aback by the show going to the episodic structure. And I'm thinking to myself, but that's, but that's what Star Trek is. Yeah. It's not unusual. That's what it is. I mean, you know, reading things like this other review that says, um, characters are allowed to have incidental conversations not pertinent to the plot, giving viewers a better sense of who they are. When we meet characters who are constantly in crisis mode, we don't get to know them too well. Strange New Worlds has made great allowances for non-action. Mm. I mean, what else is there to say? We just got to see the show now, but what else is there to say? Yeah. I like also the Ben Weldon review. It says like, old school Star Trek, original recipe Star Trek. A crew of optimistic space explorers noodling to and fro around the galaxy who are led by a handsome, charismatic, and deeply empathetic captain who talk a big game about never interfering with other planets' development, constantly invoking this prime directive, only to gleefully stomp the holy hell out of it every damn where they go. Who meet an endless string of uncannily humanoid aliens whose species differ from one another only by virtue of their skin color and or whatever specific arrangement of nodules got slapped onto the actor's nose and forehead in the makeup trailer. Perfect. Yeah, I'll take it. See, I want to end, when we get to the end of season one of Strange New Worlds, or maybe, in the, maybe even the first episode, I want to, my hope is, what I can say to you is what the critic, one critic said about the Wrath of Khan when it first came out. I think it was Janet Maslin. The first thing she said was, now that's more like it. All right, you can uh, reach out to us on Instagram at Star Trek, in Star Trek We Trust Podcast, and you can also reach out to us on Twitter at Star Trek We Trust. And we'll be back next week to discuss the season finale of Star Trek Picard. What's it called? The season finale of Star Trek Picard is definitely called Farewell. Written by? Uh, Christopher Monfett. And Akiva Goldsman. All right. Yep. And the premiere episode. Akiva Goldsman wrote the first episode partially, so and the second, and we like both of those, so hopefully. And the premiere episode of Strange New Worlds, which is aptly called Strange New Worlds. Yes. All right. And on the same day, I will be seeing Doctor Strange, the Multiverse of Madness. You'll be seeing Doctor Strange the day of Strange New Worlds. Very good. <gasps> Doctor Strange New Worlds. Doctor Strange. <laughs> Didn't even think of that. Yeah. On on May the 5th. On the Revenge of the 5th. That's true. You're seeing Doctor Strange New Worlds on Revenge of the 5th. You have... Oh, that's funny. So they have... Look at the dust. three franchises colliding like that. Yeah. Yeah. All right, everybody. Thank you again. We'll see you next week. Peace out, y'all. <laughs>